What's up, family? You are tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. From KPFA Radio and the Pacifica Network, I'm your host, Kat Brooks. This week, Oakland teachers are voting on a strike authorization amid stalled negotiations. Joining us to discuss is Kampala Thais Ramsifer, the vice president of the Oakland Education Association and a founding member of the Black Women's Caucus. The Oakland Education Association represents nearly 3,000 K-12 teachers, counselors, psychologists, social workers, speech pathologists, early childhood educators, nurses, adult education teachers, and teacher substitutes. Kampala, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kat. How are you? Sounds like you're Girl, tired. Tired. <laughs> <laughs> tired. I mean, I'm tired because I was up late and just tired because it's just some of the lunacy, as you well know, know. of city politics are just exhausting. Um, but let's move on to the lunacy you all are dealing with. Uh, give our yeah. listeners a refresher. Let's start with how long negotiations between uh, OEA and the district have been going on at this point. Um, thank you. Yes, we, um, our contract expired in October of 2022. So it was shortly thereafter um, that we began really trying to get um, a contract with the district. So we started negotiating late October, early November. Um, and what we have really been experiencing is that OUSD has really unlawfully and really unprofessionally been canceling bargaining sessions, coming unprepared to bargaining, not responding to our proposals. We put all of our proposals on the table and then they just weren't re responding to them. Um, they were, um, you know, really presenting very unserious proposals. And I'll give you an example of that. Um, they proposed a 3.5% raise across, it's like an across the board raise over two years. So that's 1.75% raise each year. And then for the final year, it's a 4.5% raise increase, um, uh, increase, but it's tied to working 6% uh, longer hours. So it's essentially a pay cut. And so what we are, you know, there, there was no way that Oakland teachers were going to take those um, proposals. So they were just unserious, right? Kampala, I'm bad with numbers. I'm an actress and organizer. Math, science, all of that always goes <laughs> over my head. 1.2%. Uh, <laughs> can you put that in like a number for me? Like, is that a $5 a week? And create, like, what does that amount to? I mean, I know that there's variance in salaries, well, it, but like a range. Yeah, it's going to vary over, over you know, um, depending on what what people's salaries are. But just imagine a 1%, you know, a one. It's it's under two percent raise. It's a absolute disrespectful, um, you know, uh, proposal. Given that what what teachers have done in the last three years to keep public education going, public education in Oakland, but really this is a, you know, th there is a pull away from this profession because being a teacher has been incredibly difficult for the last three years. 
I'm just saying that I have had to beg teachers to stay on the job for the last five weeks of school. It is a difficult, difficult thing to do, not only to lead us into, um, you know, online learning, but then to successfully transition and teach kids through that and then pull them back out and get people started back into um, in-person learning has been very, very, very challenging. And many of those transitions were held and created and, you know, um, implemented by Oakland teachers and teachers around this nation. And so for, for you to then reward them with this um, really disrespectful proposal, it, it infuriated our members. It infuriated them. And so, yeah, we took a strike assessment and, you know, eight, we, we spoke with uh, almost 90% of our members and 90% of them were ready to, um, to take a strike vote. And so that's what we're doing now. Kampala, can you explain to me, um, or can you talk to me about um, comparing Oakland teachers' salaries and benefits to other Bay Area school districts? Absolutely. So we're we're um, at the the bottom of the pay scale on um, a regional level, so around the Bay Area. And what our proposals are, when we are proposing that we want 22, uh, almost 23% raise, it would not put us at the top, right? It would put us actually really in the center. So we're not trying to be greedy or try to say that we should be at the top of the, um, um, the salary schedule in, you know, for the Bay Area. We actually are just saying, you know, I think that we should be somewhere in the center. And that 23% uh, will get us very close to that. Kampala, we know that like consistency of teaching staff is one of the things that students need in order to, to thrive, right? Stability of school environments. At the community meeting that you all invited me to, I don't know, a month and a half ago or so, um, there was this chart that is stuck in my head of uh, exit rates of teachers and it like compared it per district and Oakland was like off the chart. Can you talk about the the loss, right? The 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 teacher drain uh, that that we experience in OUSD because of the way teachers are not respected or even paid a wage that means that they could live in the city that they teach in. Absolutely. So about a quarter um, of our teachers leave every year. And so that's, you know, nearing 500, 600 teachers every single year leave the district. And so the impact of that, you know, is that we have a very young teaching force, right? Not young, maybe in age, but like to the work. And so it takes time to really be able to build your skills around um, being an educator. And so the impact in the classroom is that you, you know, you have very few senior and um, uh, in ex experienced teachers. Um, it just means that there's this churn and this turnover. One of the things that kids love is when they get to go back to their classroom that they were in the previous year and visit their teacher from the previous year. That is not something that happens at many schools. 
one of the schools that I will tell you it does happen at that they're always constantly and consistently trying to close is a school like Brookfield Elementary, where adults and um, you know, come back and they and they bring their kids because they want their children to have the teacher that they have. And there's generations of families that bring their kids to that school because there's just really seasoned, strong educators there. And would that mean something? It roots communities. Um, and, you know, it, it people really do not understand how really schools are the heart of the community and people um, stay in communities because of those schools and the relationships that are built in that in those spaces and when you move teachers out over and over and over again it really displaces um, um not just you know it doesn't just affect the quality of education that students get it also really impacts the surrounding communities because it is those relationships in schools that keep people um in those neighborhoods Say a little bit more about that because I don't I don't think people really understand it why you know and why there was so much uproar let's say for instance right around the plan to close so many schools in the flatlands about what strong community schools do mean for the surrounding neighborhood. Absolutely, um, you know I will say that I'm going to use Brookfield again as an example because you know this is a community school during the pandemic this is where people were going you know we. Uh, public schools are places where some kids they get their their get two meals a day and that's the only two meals they're gonna get and so you know we're opening the doors and making sure that those kids are still getting those two meals um, these are um, you know educators that are coming out and they're they're you know helping folks when um, there might be housing issues these are people that you know are connected um with the families that um like i said it's generational you know oh i i was um in um miss sanders class uh when i was a kid and my mom was a uh, in in that person's class that's why we stay in the brookfield neighborhood it winds up if you tear those schools apart that allows um you know it really fuels gentrification and we are really trying to keep our communities together and it really actually does seem that those schools that they target are schools where there are large populations of black and brown folks and then you know you're you're you wind up pushing those um folks out of the out of those communities so the school closure um you know some of our bargaining proposals are really around stopping the racist um, practice of um, closing schools um, and the process in which, you know, you are co-locating schools onto um, those same very campuses. Um, and so those are some of the, the community demands and proposals that we have. This fight isn't just about, um, you know, teachers getting a raise. We want to center restorative justice practices you know, we do want to recruit and retain educators, particularly educators of color. We want to have um, them actually implement and fund the reparations for black students resolution. We want them to expand the community schools where parents and students and other labor partners um, have a voice in how we're actually 
you know, spending the resources at the school? How, what, what should school look like? All of these people should have a voice and a vote in how that works. And of course we want a competitive salary. We wanna keep teachers in Oakland. Uh, we should be on par with the surrounding districts. None of these things are really like um, outside of what would we, what is a normal thing to request. And frankly, UTLA, they just, you know, settled a contract with all of those things in them. This is something that we should be able to do. Um, they did it in LA without a strike. And I hope that OUSD is able to stop these unlawful um, and unprofessional um, uh, behaviors and, and avoid an unfair labor practice strike and, and come to the table and bargain in good faith. Yeah, one of the other things, Kampalan, we're going to have to wrap it up after this, um, so think through your final thoughts, uh, that, that also stuck out uh, from the presentation that I got to, to witness as you all were leading into um, you know, the escalation of negotiations was this conversation about money, right? The district says that they don't have any money, but you all showed how year after year, at the end of the school year, there's a surplus to the tune of millions, which are wasted dollars. It means that students didn't get the services that they needed and teachers weren't taking care, teachers, and I'm gonna say school workers, right? I don't wanna leave them out and, and, and you all mm -hmm. um, are, are, are moving in solidarity. So, so sorry, y'all, I didn't mean to, to not talk about you as well. Um, Weren't, weren't taken care of the way, whether they needed or had the resources that y'all needed to serve your young folks. Yeah, and so, I mean, I think, and, and so the question is, again, what is about the, I'm just, that was a long question. I'm sorry, Kat. <laughs> sorry, no, I was just, the, it's the same song and dance about money, but you all have really successfully built a case that at the end of each year, school year, All there's right. a surplus sitting in the bank. Absolutely. And, you know, and this is what causes so much frustration, right? It's like, you're saying that you don't have the resources and then, you know, you have to do all these budget cuts and you're cutting our classified workers, which by the way, you, you know, they all, their chant is there's no class without classified. That is really a true thing where you cannot do the work and it really, impacts our special education students more than anyone when we make those cuts and gut those um, those jobs and it makes everybody's work so much harder. Um, and, you know, then to find out, you, you make those cuts and then to find out at the end of the year, you have a surplus of money. It is absolutely outrageous. And, you know, we have, you know, done some deep dives into their budget and we were able to bring accountants to do some reviews of their of their resources, and they do have the money to keep um, uh, teachers in Oakland by providing them a living wage, and they do have the money to fund the positions uh, for our classified workers as well. And so, you know, Oakland, Oakland, you know, takes a lot of uh, cues from the United Teachers of Los Angeles. Uh, what they did by uniting with SEIU and for us, you know, SEIU asked me and our building trades locals, um, those are things that will help us in the future really look toward being able to make sure we're lifting everyone together um, and being able to sort of stop some of this narrative that happens around, you know, needing to make budget cuts 
um, and and being able to make sure that we're spreading the resources around to everyone in the system because you know it is an ecosystem we are all working together um and we all need to be able to raise together because or rise together i should say um because that it, it is our students that are at the center of all this it is um for them that we are fighting uh, to make sure that we can have the safe and racially just schools that these students deserve. All right, Kampala, you know we will be tracking this and reporting on it as this progresses. I, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show this morning and all the work you do on behalf of our babies. Thank you so much for having me. Have a good day. You too, darling. You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. You can find more information about topics and guests in this episode's show notes. Law and Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Raskin of Fort Knox 5. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis, that's D-I-S, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at lawanddisorder at kpfa.org. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all of KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listener. And if you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, fam.